The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This episode of Ghost Town may contain disturbing or graphic descriptions, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Please use discretion while listening. A New Age Nightmare. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. It was 2008 and young musician Sarah Harrington had a debilitating back injury and was recommended yoga as a measure before surgery. A friend suggested she go to yoga to the people a trendy new yoga studio with thousands of devout followers housed in New York City's East Village. It was a donation-based model, and the teachers were buzzy. Sophia Helquist, who would go on to marry Prince Carl Philip of Sweden, was a regular, and Hilaria Baldwin, whom I'm sure you know as Alec Baldwin's wife, was a teacher. Sarah Harrington managed to avoid back surgery and loved her new home, yogis with a mission to bring yoga and healing to all of New York City. In her own words, yoga saved her life and gave her a new, vibrant community. But after Harrington became a teacher, she fell witness to the inner workings of Yoga to the People and their abusive leader, Gregory Gamuccio. Today, we're talking about a cult in sheep's clothing, the dangerous organization known as Yoga to the People. When he arrived in New York in 2006, 59-year-old Greg Gamuccio had a vision that yoga should be cheap and accessible, to the people, as the name infers. Yoga to the People became a collection of studios featuring donation-based classes with a suggested donation of $8. Quote, yoga is meant to help strengthen and stretch your arms and legs, not cost you one, the website once said. Gamushio's business model, and I'm saying Gamushio, I'm hoping that is correct, apologies if it is not, rapidly saw success, and new Yoga to the Peoples opened across New York City, in addition to Seattle, the Bay Area, Colorado Springs, and Arizona. Gamushio once estimated that a thousand people came to Yoga to the People daily, but that honestly seems like a low estimate. The St. Mark's location, the popular one in New York, alone had four studios within it, packing in as many as 60 students, with mats sometimes one inch apart in the brick space, spanning eight daily classes a day. That's a lot of money and a lot of people. 
Though Greg Amushio was a student of Bikram Chowdhury, who had his own controversial past, he tried to draw a line between himself and his ego-driven former mentor, a rapist and manipulator accused of forming his own yogic cult. Gamushio framed himself as a simple man, a man who just wanted to make yoga accessible to the world. In 2010, the New York Times ate his persona up, profiling Gamuccio as the patron saint of urban yoga. Gamuccio was, quote, propped on the ledge of a round pillow, his wavy, shoulder-length hair framed by the urban jungle backdrop of tar-covered roofs. Quote, I truly believe if more people were doing yoga, the world would be a better place, he told the Times. The distinction between Chowdhury's type of yoga and Gamuccio's crystallized in 2011, when Chowdhury sued yoga to the people and Gamuccio for copyright infringement. According to Vice, the case was settled the following year, with yoga to the people agreeing to stop teaching the yoga techniques under dispute. In a New Yorker story from 2012, Gamuccio emphasized that he had a distinctly different mission than his mentor, that he was a progressive, sensitive, and egalitarian man and leader. In the interview, he also mentioned that he teamed up with feminist scholar Catherine McKinnon to design an anti-rape t-shirt. So that's something. That being said, the Times profile wasn't wrong. Gamuccio was a magnetic person, a presence, and his classes were at one point the most popular of any studio in New York City. Jill Bain, former teacher and manager at Yoga to the People, said Gamuccio taught her first class back in 2008, and he made quite an impression. Quote, he was really nice to me, she recalled. I just kept wanting to go back. Bain said that as she started regularly attending Yoga to the People's classes, she began to notice a cadre of women around Gamuccio. Quote, they were so beautiful and confident, and they spoke in a way that made me want to be part of it. It's true. There were lots of young women at Yoga to the People. In YTTP classes, teachers would often say you only needed the space of your mat to do yoga, and they meant it. Rooms were filled with young students, so much that, as mentioned earlier, only an inch or two remained between mats. The pay-what-you-can price point also brought in more younger people than other studios. Often, this was the only yoga class a college student or entry-level professional in New York City could afford. Lines formed around the block of young clients, eager to get into as many of the classes that would take place on holidays like New Year's Eve and Christmas. Quote, there wasn't a lot of practical, useful, here's how to deal with different situations, said an anonymous teacher who took a training course at the studio. Quote, it was like everyone who's going to walk into the studio is going to be an early 20s, flexible, young, little person, and they'll just do the thing. Just tell them to do it. Said former teacher Sarah Harrington, quote, we paid for classes by stuffing cash in that tissue box and were told our contributions kept the studio running. This access to yoga allowed many of us to develop a relationship with yoga and understand how it worked on our bodies, minds, and spirits with regular practice. She goes on to say, teachers' names were not featured on the schedule, something that I at first found odd. We were told this allowed students to attend for their own practice and not for a particular teacher. As someone looking to avoid guru abuse, which is prevalent in the yoga community, I found this to add an extra layer of safety. It was a utopian ideal a way to make yoga accessible for all. It was yoga to the people. Or so we thought. And then there was the teacher training program, what felt to me like the pipeline to true psychological control that yoga to the people would impart. Quote, I had heard rumors. Stay away. Don't do the training. It's a cult, said Jill Byrne again. I was like, whatever. No, it's not. She signed up for the training sessions, which happened three times a year. And they were as intense as they were pricey. At about $3,000 per session, teachers would sign up for a 10-weekend commitment composed of around 40 to 60 people, 
many of whom saw it as a kind of dress rehearsal to be a teacher. If you pleased the higher-ups and committed fully, instructors implied, you'd eventually be put on the Yoga to the People schedule as a new teacher. In the training sessions, some students felt pressured to adopt a restrictive vegan diet along with the training. Quote, it started putting ideas into people's heads that if you didn't go vegan, then you weren't strong enough to be a yogi, or you weren't advanced enough, said Sarah Thomas, a former teacher and caretaker at Yoga to the People. It was a grueling training, designed to break individuals down and make them fully available to the studio. Many former teachers said the worst part of the training came a few weeks in, in a notorious session known as Arm Raising Weekend, a day described by many to the cut as traumatic. Quote, like probably the most traumatic shit I've ever been through, said one former teacher. Quote, I cried so much. I've never cried so much in my entire life, said Sophia Rouse, another former teacher. It would go like this. A teacher training group would meet, and the morning would start with a, quote, dynamic meditation, where students were blindfolded and instructed to jump up and down, scream, and dance. In the afternoon, a teacher trainer would stand on a bench facing the students and, over the course of an hour, guide them to raise and lower their arms in a painful display of stamina. Participants would cry and scream, and the teachers would do anything in their power to keep the students present in the exercise. After the hour, students were told to sit in a circle and that they needed to share something they have never told anyone, ever before. There was a strict methodology to the sharing circle. Make eye contact with every other person in the circle, then repeat the secret that the person before them had shared, and then finally, share your own secret. After this mental and physical breakdown, the more intense the secrets were, the better. Quote, I don't feel comfortable sharing what the teacher trainer said, but she said a very personal thing about herself. Rouse recalled. And then, because what she said was so dark and intense, it really felt like we all had to match her level. Multiple former Yoga to the People teachers mentioned to the cut that one student who participated in a 2018 training session died by suicide shortly after her arm-raising weekend. Quote, I remember she had a young daughter, and she had her daughter very young. I remember her being like, this is the first thing I've done for myself in so long, Nikki Palma, a former teacher in training, said of the student. Quote, I just can't believe they continue to do arm raising after that. The reasoning behind arm raising weekend is unclear, but it feels like exactly how cults work, break people down, make them vulnerable and accountable to the power structures in place, and draw them in with the promise of healing and community. Gamuccio, students were told, loved the exercise. Two former students referred to it as a process of trauma bonding. One post on the YTTP Shadow Work page, a page we'll talk about later, it's an Instagram account recounting stories of abuse at Yoga to the People, alleges that after one arm-raising session in 2015, facilitators made a list of trainees' names and what each of them had shared and sent it to upper management and, of course, to Gumuccio. Says one student who wanted to remain anonymous, quote, he knew what all of us had been through or what we were going through because of the truth circle. He knew who had been raped. He knew who had issues with drugs, alcohol. He knew who had body dysmorphia. He knew who was gay. He knew everything. He manipulated so many situations. On that note, I think it's probably time for a break. You can live out your MasterChef dream. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. 
Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hi, hello. How are you doing? Hello. How's it going out there? Well, we hope. Well, we do hope. We want to say hello to anyone who's listening. Hello. Spreading the good word of Ghost Town. Thank you. During Thank you this so fine much. check-in season. Yeah, this is this is this is high check-in season, yeah. I would say. <laughs> We're in it. We're in check-in That's season. That's right. This crop of check-ins. Old oh. Navy has the new check-in season wardrobe out. <laughs> That's right. You got to get out there while check-in season's good. And we know who's dressed so fine for this check-in season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Our government. That's right. Looking good. You guys are looking real good. Rocking a Sweet pair of Old Navy chinos. <laughs> stylish. Very, very stylish. We got a little. Cat Joselle. Hello. Uh-oh, who's in that performance, Felice? Uh-oh. Kelly Meehan. Hello. Denim, you say? Hmm. <laughs> this mayor's rocking a denim jacket. Collar popped up. Ashley Matson. Hello. Just rocking a crew neck tee. Oh, it's just simple. With pocket. <laughs> it's Casey Weber. Hello. And someone all gussied up. Mm. Rocking an Oxford. Everyone's rocking something here. It rocks. <laughs> rocking an Oxford. That would be Charlie Gilbert. Hello. That's all of them, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And our governor, mm. the creator of Old Navy, just did it on a whim. Yeah. She was like rock star jeggings. You got them all. Flip-flops, ballerina flats, we will grant you this beautiful gift. What's on sale, what's not? No freaking clue. (laughs) No idea. Mm -mm, mm -mm. But the commercials, they're out of this world. Wow. That's all under the watchful eye of our governor, Avian Noble. Noble. You want no ads? No chit-chat, bonus episodes, just the good stuff. Mm-hmm. You want to binge? You do. This is this is where the binge happens. You mm-hmm. don't have to hear any of this. You don't have to hear any ads. Seven-day free trial. Come, Mm-mm. listen to as much as you want. Leave, s- stick around, support us a little bit more or not. We have no way of knowing. No way at all. You and don't want us to know. We'd rather you listen <laughs> to it than not. So come take yeah. advantage of the seven-day free thing that Patreon offers. Head on over to patreon.com slash ghost town pod amazing amazing and thank you while you're heading over there why don't we head back to new york city where we are into the vinyasa teacher training at the very end of the 10 weeks of yoga to the people's vinyasa teacher training including the traumatizing arm raising weekend students were informed that they would then participate in an apprenticeship period in which they were expected to teach 25 classes for free This was still no guarantee that they would get on the schedule, and many did not. For those who did, it meant getting paid $35 per class, including a half an hour before and a half an hour after for prep and cleanup. Also, staying on the schedule was a whole different beast, requiring a constant appeal to management, who would change the schedule at will and not put out the schedule till often late into the night the week before. 
or in some cases, a few hours before. And you just have to roll with it if you want it to get paid and keep in the company's good graces. I know this probably doesn't surprise you, but employees, of course, had to look and behave a certain way. And employees of color specifically dealt with racism, offensive comments, and coercion. Sarah Thomas, a former employee whose family is from India, would often be asked to cook Indian meals for management and explain her, quote, authentic Indian culture. Two Latinx teachers were told when speaking Spanish to each other that, quote, this is America, you have to speak English here. Although there were very few Black employees at Yoga to the People, Black staff members were specifically asked to participate in and were prominently featured in the company's promotional photo shoots. One can understand why Black people were not represented at Yoga to the People after reading very offensive posts on the YTTP shadow work Instagram. Two different posts recalled separate incidents of white teacher trainers telling a story about a black woman donating money to the KKK. Quote, the director of operations, who is a white, cisgendered, thin-bodied woman, glorified that action as a moment of, quote, seeing one's own hate that lives inside of them. Speaking of white, cisgendered, thin-bodied women, there was also the control and pressure the studio tried to exert over women's bodies. Employees said that they were scrutinized for not being thin enough and that managers and teachers talked openly and encouragingly about not eating. Another post on the Shadow Work page describes a master teacher talking to students about how little food their bodies needed and saying it was safe to eat only watermelon for days in a row. Quote, I can't even count the amount of times I had someone tell me not to eat, commented on my body, commented on my food choice as not a yoga teachers, and even had a manager take food out of my hands before a hot class read another post. I had so many friends tell me they never felt worse about their bodies. The tone was set at the top with Camuccio, who was mostly living in Colorado, but occasionally would come to New York and dominate the busy studios. He'd be complimentary and charming one minute, and then become aggressive and abusive the next. He'd invite staff to dinner and then to hang out at his apartment in New York until the early hours of the morning, drinking wine and asking employees, some as young as 18, intimate details of their lives says Sarah Thomas, who was only 19 when she was first invited to one of these infamous gatherings. Quote, I could see people around me giggling, laughing, getting more drunk, she said. I just straight up said, I don't want more alcohol. I was not really that happy. Let's revisit that pay-by-donation model as well, another way Gamuccio would exert control over his employees. Gamuccio and management held stacking parties, where the pay-by-what-you-can tissue boxes passed from student to student would be counted in Gamuccio's New York apartment. Teachers were not allowed to count or organize or even touch money outside of the stacking parties, where Gamuccio would meticulously keep watch, paying his teachers in cash at the end of the party, and bonuses if the teachers did well. Everything was a test of loyalty to Gamuccio. He would call staff in the middle of the night, and if they didn't answer, they would be yelled or punished or worse. Staff were expected to cater to Gamuccio's every whim, getting drunk with him at lunch and teaching after, or giving up classes when Gamuccio and his wife, Haven, would drop in without warning, taking a teaching spot, and precious income, from another teacher. This was prevalent when Gamuccio was in New York. And in the case that he did take over a class, which was many times, Gamuccio would inappropriately touch students while making adjustments. But Gamuccio was always protected by the diehards. Bain described what she called a harem of attractive female teachers around him, and in 2010, she went to a YTTP studio co-owner, the same person who was later accused of telling Latinx teachers to speak English, to talk about rumors that she was hearing, rumors that Camuccio was having inappropriate sexual relationships with certain teachers. After discussing her concerns, later that day, Bain received a three-way call from the studio co-owner and Camuccio himself. 
On the call, she said Camuccio did not deny her allegations, but also screamed obscenities at her, telling her that if she wanted to continue working for him, she couldn't talk about him, and that if she continued to talk about him, he would fire her. Quote, I know it sounds strange from the outside, but he controlled every aspect of our lives, said Bain. When she finally left YTTP for good in 2012, she admitted she was, quote, a shell of herself. I gave up everything that I had worked so hard for because I was so traumatized. My eating disorder was worse than it had ever been. I was the sickest I've ever been, the most depressed. I had nothing. Not many staff members at Yoga to the People knew about Gamuccio's past, the criminal one, not the yogi one, that began way back in the early 80s. Back when he lived in the Pacific Northwest, Gamuccio pleaded guilty to a felony forgery charge in 1982, violating bail bond conditions in 1983, and motor vehicle theft in 1986, with charges of third-degree assault that were later dismissed. Later that year in 86, he was charged with attempting to escape custody as a convicted felon. In 1982, he was charged with theft in Oregon. Then he moved to Los Angeles to begin again, starting his yogi training in 1996 with Chowdhury. According to court filings in one of Chowdhury's own lawsuits, after being trained as a teacher, Gumuchio taught yoga for a few years at one of Chowdhury's LA studios. After that, he moved back to Washington State to start his own studio. During his time in Seattle, Gumuchio was the force behind at least four yoga studios, where he laid the groundwork for what he would do in New York, creating a group of dedicated young women yogis whom he lied and manipulated. Some of these women he'd date or have sex with under the guise of mentorship, all of them in their teens and early 20s, whom he had lied to about his age and intentions and borrowed sums of money from. In August 2004, a sexual assault charge was filed against Gamuccio by a woman who worked at his studio. The complaint details multiple instances of assault, one of which the woman said expressly that she did not want to have sex with him, but he persisted and, quote, kept telling her how he was going to make her a great person. In October 2004, the case was closed as an exceptional status. At that point, Camuccio, along with the woman who was then pregnant with his child, left Seattle and moved to Portland in 2006, and then to New York the year later with his yoga to the people idea. With the New York studio came popularity, money, and then of course, more power than Camuccio had ever had before. With it, more women, whom Camuccio continued to lie and assault and coerce. Baia Voce was 21 when she moved to New York in 2008, and, quote, struggled with low self-esteem. She started the yoga teacher training program there, which involved going into a sweat lodge with Camuccio and some other trainees. Voce said that this terrified her because she's claustrophobic, but Camuccio encouraged her to sit next to him by the door. Quote, afterwards, we all lined up and silently acknowledged each other. When Greg got to me, he stopped and whispered about how brave and beautiful I was, she said. That one interaction started the whole thing. Back in New York City, the 50-something Camuccio wined and dined Voce, making her feel special and important. But behind seeing each other was this, quote, we can't use condoms because what we have is sacred. We have to keep this silent because it's sacred. Don't tell anybody. It's sacred, she said. When she found out that Camuccio was sleeping with other women, she was shocked and confronted the man she thought was her boyfriend. In turn, he gaslit her, saying she had, quote, ruined our sacred connection by getting involved in the gossip. Quote, he said it was over and ushered me out of his apartment. I left believing I did ruin what we had and it was my fault. She left yoga to the people soon after. Meanwhile, the pandemic had begun and Camuccio's actions started to catch up with him. With the studios closed for the pandemic and no reopening in sight, the Instagram account YTTP Shadow Work started posting accusations of tax fraud, sexual assault, labor violations, racial discriminations, other crimes, and bad business practices. 
communicating the harrowing abuses of Gamuccio's power. If you want to learn more, you should absolutely go to it. It is on Instagram. The posts are personal, incredibly impactful, and heartbreaking. Catching the eye of the IRS in August 2022, Gregory Gamuccio and two higher-ups at Yoga to the People were charged with one count of conspiracy to defraud the IRS and five counts of tax evasion. According to TMZ, Yoga to the People earned $20 million from 2013 to 2020, with millions of dollars of unreported income. Gamuccio himself spent nearly $270,000 on flights, $76,000 on hotels, and $40,000 on Denver Broncos season tickets. All three involved in the suit failed to file individual or business tax returns, and they didn't pay any income taxes between 2013 and 2020. At this point, Gamuccio and his colleagues are awaiting trial. The website for Yoga to the People has been taken down, and all the studios are closed and will be closed for the near future and probably the long term. But their Twitter still exists, a product of a business that still touts peace, love, and fitness. The Yoga to the People's last couple posts include inspirational quotes by Albert Einstein, Martin Luther King, and Thich Nhat Hanh, accompanied by glossy photos of diverse yoga students. For the people, indeed. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.